0: No, I know. We've been uh, late every day, and we're, now we're recording late again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? $2 billion. Did you, did you hear that? $2 billion? What? That's how much uh, Spotify lost. Spotify lost $2 billion. How? As the stock plummeted after Neil Young's Joe Rogan protest. Yes, there's
1: many facets of that story today we should discuss. Are we going to discuss them now? Well, I don't know, man.
0: I just want to let you know that it's, it's on the table. If we had a table, it would be on it. Well, Joni Mitchell um, fell in line with uh,
1: Neil and said, take my music off as well. And they did, apparently. Although the other night I was in bed, and Neil Young's music was still on there. Dan Duran said it had been
0: taken off. So that inconsistency I can't address. Uh, Same with Joni Mitchell. We were um, listening to some music yesterday, you know, one of those uh, Spotify playlists, and uh, all of a sudden, a Joni Mitchell song came on. And I remarks to Rachel, I says, I says, "What's Joni Mitchell doing on our Spotify playlist?" Well, if they removed her, does that
1: mean necessarily that it would be fall out of a a playlist,
0: Freddie? You downloaded it,
1: like uh, so many, Um, but. Spotify has come out and said they are going to have um, COVID advisories now. Yeah, I heard that. On Spotify, which is cool. What's that guy's name? Eck? Something Eck, the guy that runs it. Brilliant idea now. He's a kazillionaire, I guess. Well, not now. Is it
0: Eck or E.K.? I don't know. I don't know. E.K.? I don't know. But according to this story, I got a couple stories. One is a McLean's Magazine story. One is a Yahoo News story. But you're right. Spotify is going to now... Require, or Post a, a Disclaimer But this story here on Yahoo News Is about the value of the company plummeting $2 billion Spotify shares dropped around 6% After Wednesday of last week um, I mean a lot of the markets Have been down for sure But Spotify's losses according to this article Were more significant following criticism Over Rogan's show and Young's Moves Young's moves. Um. Yeah
1: isn't that something? And I will say, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, uh, got to call it for the way I see it. He uh, released a, an Instagram video, you know, his, you know just an update, his feelings on the whole thing, and it's pretty classy. You know, he's come out and he said he, he agrees with the advisors. He just wants everyone to know that, yes, he's had some misinformation on there, but he has those people on just so they can be heard, and the audience can make their own decisions and he says i always like to follow the whack jobs up with other doctors like dr sanjay gupta uh and i thought it was pretty cool he says you know i'm just throwing it all out there so everybody can hear it all and make their own decisions and how do you argue with that
0: well let's have a listen Mm-hmm. Hello friends uh, This is I nine minutes long So I'm going to play like a couple of seconds of it over the yeah. past few
2: days. And first of all To say thank you To everyone that sent love and support I truly truly appreciate it And it's been very nice to hear from you I wanted to make this video first of all Because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted Perception of what I do Maybe based on sound bites Or based on headlines of articles That are disparaging um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically. OK, about
0: so y- you've already One, summed up what uh, he says, doc- but, you know, oh, yes, I, I doc- would agree with doc- you doc- that he's doc- not a Robert Malone. You know, he's not Dr. an Dr. idiot. He's a cardiologist
2: he's not- and he is the most I was going
0: to say, he's not like those in guys in history. The,
2: Dr. Robert Malone owns nine. those
0: boss, what are they called? the shock jocks in the states. He's not like that.
2: Vaccine
1: technology.
0: No. You know, he's a pretty bright guy. I've always loved his stand-up. I think he's really, really good at it. Um, And I'm not surprised that he's addressing it this way because he's not a Lugan or whatever. You know, he's not a
1: moron. No, I know.
3: And I mean, but he personally
1: has said some questionable stuff, but okay. But you know, there's a fine line here too, and he recognizes it through there. You know, there's there's uh, they, opinion
2: were as being and
1: there's misinformation yeah, mis- and that's what spotify is coming out and said you know this if is a dangerous this can be a slippery slope there's lots it, of opinion on spotify that the guy at the top doesn't agree with but it's opinion it's you fact, when you get into dangerous in the misinformation, misinformation they have to sort of intervene and we we that's that's where this sort of lies that's why they're going to have the advisories because it's not just opinion. They're giving you facts that are untrue that could harm your health. So all around, I just think it's been handled pretty well, to be honest.
0: Yeah, there's a deeper article here in McLean's. I, I had taken a... I was going to send this to you, and I thought, I don't know, I'll bring up this point. You know, the the article goes, is basically about Rogan and and Spotify and Neil Young. At, that, at the time this was written, it didn't include Joni Mitchell. But in the article, they talk about this era that we're in. Uh, They go on to say, it all sounds so frivolous, the music and Joe Rogan and such. Um, But now in the first days of the third year of this virus... um, Millions are dead. The stricken keep on dying. It's becoming increasingly difficult. This is a part that I want to, to discuss with you. It's becoming increasingly difficult to discern what the basic facts are and the uproars are unfolding in the midst of what has been called a crisis of epistemology. And this what this this phrase I love. What that is, is the philosophical way of describing the erosion of common understanding understandings about not just what the truth is but about how we're all supposed to go about the work of figuring out what the truth is in the first place. They finish by saying facts used to matter, now not so much. But I thought that's interesting. The crisis of epistemology, this, this era that we're in where people aren't even questioning if it's true or not anymore. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm a little confused, though. Aren't you in a crisis of epistemology?
0: (laughs) Yes, Hmm? I am. You know, it's funny. One of the reasons I didn't send this to you because I knew as soon as I said (laughs) a piss to somebody, you would (laughs) you would you would would turn it into a dick joke.
1: Well, already prior to the show, I I mean, you gave me my own personal piss report. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did well and because sting you're like is re- the stinging is returned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because here's the thing: you're like the you're like the piss Sherpa. <laughs> You've been there.
1: Fuck any guy that's had
0: a catheter is an expert. <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> the piss report. The piss report.
0: Um, before I get to the piss report, though, back to the McLean's article. But yes, that, it, I'm w- w- sorry. that's fine. I digress. No, that's good. It's, it, this is why we're here. But but the idea of this crisis that we're in, the the, the way of describing the erosion of common understanding, not just w- about what the truth is, but how we're all supposed to go about the work of figuring out what it is in the first place. Facts used to matter, now not so much because mm-hmm. th- we, we we've just seen the erosion. You know, and we'll get to the convoy this mm-hmm. weekend, but what the, I had one clip this morning. I was going to play it for you, but I'll just describe it. It's a guy yelling into the camera, fake news, fake news. No. And I'm like, dude, where, you, where all that started from was Trump. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's just an indication of the guy's intelligence. And, you know, there's that whole thing about the news is what you want it to be nowadays, too. You know what I mean? And that that guy would fall into that. He wants the world to be like Donald Trump sees it. So that's why he would be yelling that without really understanding why he's yelling it. And, you know, the the convoy, the so-called Freedom Convoy is a good example because I'm telling you to a person, Howard, I didn't watch a lot of it. But whenever I did, whenever they interviewed people to a person, it was like. What are they talking about? Yeah. Like, what world are they living in? Like, they—you went all the way to Ottawa, and you have no idea why you're there, really. Like the stuff they were saying. Well, you know, no, we yeah, got know. some emails too, and and we'll address that. It's like, listen, that movement did them, themselves no favor by having those people as spokes.
0: Persons. <laughs> you, well, uh, no. And, and then there's, of course, where the money. It's always about the money. Somehow it always comes back to they raised all this money. And for the life of me, I don't know who gets to take it out. And I don't know the woman who's in charge. Or uh, I don't know any of it. I do know this. And I was going to wait to say it. But, you know, well, you brought it up before the show about the Confederate flag. Yeah. the People who were flying the Confederate flag in Canada. Yes have uh-huh. no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But even in general, I was thinking about the Confederate flag. You know, that's the flag of the side that lost, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you examine what was that side fighting for,
3: mm-hmm.
0: they wanted to keep black people as slaves. Mm-hmm. So when black- you're wandering around f- waving the flag of the Confederate, that's the side of the, t- the losers who wanted slavery to continue. I don't understand these people
1: there was a guy i saw a video on the weekend too of a guy driving into uh, ontario and he did this speech about how they're trying to eliminate the white anglo-saxon now i won't i'm not going to say white anymore because that'll get you in trouble so let's just say anglo-saxons <laughs> and i thought again you can't throw a blanket over here but i've said it from the beginning and i you've agreed and you've made the point too this, this whole movement it's seated in racism and i think we saw that again on the weekend. Yeah. It just is. L- let's not play any games. You can make all the excuses you want for it, but having seen the behavior of those people, the flags, and not only that like, you know, hanging that stuff on the Terry Fox.
0: Um, oh, i know. It was statue, disgusting.
1: Parking on the at, like on the Senate half. Like that's if there had been if there was going to be any violence, that should have been the violence. The people, the so-called decent people that were there confronting the
0: assholes that were leaving that impression. But back to something you said a minute ago, I wanted to ask you and not maybe mm-hmm. respond to this, which is if there was a legitimate point to all of this to begin with, you know, when right. it started in Western Canada, by the time it got here, that was way lost. That mm-hmm. And as you said, so they came to Ottawa and then what happened? Well, you know, they, they were waving the Confederate flag, the people that were pro-slavery. Let's not forget that. And they were also, of course, uh, hanging the Canadian flag upside down, festooned. <laughs> that's the word I love. Uh, decorated with what, Fred? Swastikas. Yeah. And, and as I said, I was sort of joking with Rachel. I said, yeah, that's the motto, you know, uh, uh, we're uh, against uh, we're against vaccine mandates, dot, dot, dot mm-hmm. and Jews. It's like how they can pitch pigeon- how they always find a way to, to somehow rig the whatever they're talking about to, to include anti-Semitism.
1: It's just yeah, but is that wild. anti-Semitism or that saying you, you, the Canadian government's acting like the Nazis? am yes, you know, yes, I, know, I, I mean? know that is.
0: Yeah. but okay. but there's always the hint of anti-Semitism right. there because yeah, what I, I know they're saying that the, we're being that that we're being treated like the Jews at the hands of the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're not. No, you're, you're just being and, and at the heart of all of this, aren't you? Just being asked to try i mean if there was one group of people think about it that are roaming across the land Mm -hmm. that should be vaccinated it's people that are roaming across the land delivering goods i'm not saying it's an easy job it's probably a much tougher job than any of us could ever imagine but you're going from town to town
1: I saw all the interviews I saw, I kept screaming at the television, yes, at the top of my lungs. Ask the question. They're talking all these people about their freedoms and we're sick of masks and we're sick of the so-called mandates. Only once did I hear, but what about the hospitals? These measures are to make sure the hospitals stay safe. And I just heard that question asked once. to Again, this dunderhead, this big goofball with a Coors in his hand. Well, they're just going to have to figure that out. That was his response. They're just going to have to figure that out. And not only that, here, listen, there's an indoor mall in downtown Ottawa. They showed clips yeah, of know. that. Riddell These people Center. all flooding in to, to get warm, which I can understand, none of them had masks on. Yeah. So what they were saying was, we don't care about you in this mall. You other people wearing masks in shopping on a Saturday. We we have no regard for you whatsoever. It's all about us. Yeah. So generally the whole thing was an exercise in
0: I don't know like well it's pretty selfish behavior is what it was well,
1: it, like it, it just and, is and they and, 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 and what were
0: they again back to what you said and, and what I'm trying to figure out what, what, are they, what, what did they achieve what was achieved what was the point of it because they're going to have so now they got to drive back across the country yeah. and go back to their lives having accomplished I don't know what you know, but again, they throw in some swastikas. They piss right. on the, you know, Terry Fox statue or whatever they did, and they're running around without masks on. And I, another guy says, you know, I don't think I should have to.
1: I should have to show a passport to get into Walmart. So I I Googled where in Canada do you need a passport to go get get in a Walmart. I couldn't find one. Do you, Do you have any idea what the guy would be talking about? No idea. So that's when I looked at my sweet
0: wife, and I said, that guy went all that way,
1: and he's standing in minus 15. He doesn't even know why he's
0: there. No, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. What did they achieve? Other than they raised $8 million that's going to go to, I guarantee you, ain't going to the people that drove across the country. And then they go to Ottawa. They shut down the... They had to shut that mall down, the Rideau Center, by the way. They shut it down Mm -hmm. uh, because it was overrun. By the way, Tony Clement is... Do you have his... Can you just email him? Because he's in... I've just sent him a note in the waiting room. But he's he's supposed to be on at 8.15. But for some reason, he's here early. Mm. And we haven't even started the show. So I'll tell you what we'll do. Just send him a note while well, I start the show. Can hear this, can't you? What's that, bro? You can all hear what you're saying, can't you? No. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think you can hear what I'm saying until we... Bring you oh, no, into I thought the, he
1: might be listening to the show, but that's fine. Uh, oh, maybe he is. That now.
0: Maybe, maybe he came in early because he wants to comment on this. Which, by the way, the first thing I'm going to ask Tony is, where was the PC party in all of this? Well, they were meeting with them. Yeah, great. Good on you. Were they meeting with the upside-down Canadian flags with the Confederate people? That's what I want to know. But first, let's do this.
5: The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GigSky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, HealthGage, Canna Cabana, Dewar, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and serving over 20 million customers worldwide. And now, here are two men who have a combined 80 years of broadcast experience and are still trying to figure it out.
0: It's Humble and Fred Morning, Welcome everybody, Humble and Fred are here most of all, yeah, are. Most of all, yeah, Tony Clement is our guest, we'll get to him Yeah, hang on Yes, love. yes, oh, Fred No, the only thing is, you said 8.15, we have another guest I thought. Phone, yeah, I, th- I thought it, no, that What? Oh, is Tony supposed to be on now? Yeah, he was going to pop in. Oh, I see. Sorry, I'm just looking at the schedule here. Why well, I, I didn't look at the schedule? Tony's right. I apologize. He can be a, part of this. Yeah, he, of course he can. Of course he can be part of it. That was, I guess, that was the whole point. I, it was my fault, Tony. It's my fault. Okay, it's my fault. I didn't because I, I thought you were our main. You're always our main guest, but I, uh, I apologize. I. I hadn't looked at the schedule. I, I, I've been up all night with a, a stingy peepee. Okay, Tony, now you know. I'm an old man. I go to the bathroom frequently, and now my urethra is on fire. Wow, that's probably the greatest action you've seen in a long time.
4: <laughs> Maybe.
0: It's certainly, uh, it's certainly the most uh, bizarre action I've, I've... Anyway, you don't need to worry about it. You're still a young man. Oh, yeah. 61. <laughs> Yeah, I just turned 62 last week. Yeah, I know. God I know. It, Happy man. birthday. Thanks, pal. Uh, yeah, I realize this is Tony says 750. Tony's going to pop in. Uh, Aaron O'Toole met with the protesters. What's that all about? Well, uh, I'll,
6: here's my hot take. First of all, I, I think that his initial instinct was to stay away because you, when these protests roll in, you have no idea where they're going to go. Go right like it could be it could have been uh, People were worried it was going to be a January 6th all over again I don't think that was a real Possibility but it, it, it could have gone Sideways so he wanted to give Himself some room but I think I think he was kind of led by Caucus who really wanted uh, To support The theme of The protest and uh, you know And restrictions that kind of thing so Yeah you know uh, leaders meet with Protesters all the time on Parliament Hill <laughs>
1: Uh, well, we all know why he was there because he doesn't have a chance unless he's got that whack job fringe out west um, voting for him. And I, yeah. I, I like, I totally get it from that standpoint. But if he was going to meet with anybody, he should have been at. He should have gone right to the statue of Terry Fox and be, tell, be be been seen telling those people to get that stuff off that statue yeah. or, or get your yeah. cars off the Senate. That's what he should have done. Maybe grandstanding, but instead meeting with these people is just I, yeah i think me. met
6: with them two days before the at the, the saturday so uh the timing issue so yeah i know the, the so, yeah, yeah. No, look no one wants to see i mean it's happened before where, where the terry fox statue has had scarves on it and uh hats on it and masks on it and uh, no one wants to see that and uh, it it takes away from the theme i uh, here's here's a here's a counterpoint like I, you know, we can go on all day about some of the right. ridiculous stuff that happened at the at the rally, but uh, and and Howard, you mentioned this on a previous show, and uh, you, you were trying to figure out what's going on here, and I, and I thought that was a, a high degree of integrity for you. To to you know to to get outside your comfort zone a little bit and to try to think what's going on here.
0: I know what you're talking about. A couple of days ago, I was saying like it's easy to be mad at these people. It's easy to think they're a bunch of goobers, and it's easy to think that you know they're just the stupidest people in the country. But they're also people that are that are just like us. They just right. they, they decided they took the blue pill. We took the red pill, and they're seeing things in a different way than we are.
6: So here's here's what I'd like you to think about, because this is the way I've been thinking about it. I saw all of the 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 rallies posting and then the reaction to that. But I also saw on my social media feeds, my neighbors uh, go driving to North Bay from Bracebridge to cheer on the convoy. And who were those neighbors? They weren't the angry guys that you would normally associate with this kind of protest. They were soccer moms, you know. They were they were um, moms who were fed up with the on again, off again school situation. People are at their limit, and you've talked about this, Fred, too, on, on your on this show. You know, it, we're we're just getting fed up with this all, and uh, we want an end to the restrictions, or we want a path to the end to the restrictions and I think that that is another part of this protest yeah there was some ridiculous crap going on in Ottawa as usual uh, but you know the people who were supporting and cheering along the way Those are ordinary people, and I think that's the thing that the mainstream media has failed to recognize, that it's not just 10,000 or 20,000 people in Ottawa. There's a bunch there, and I think you mentioned this, Howard, there are are tens of thousands of people who showed up along the highways and in the small towns, in Belleville, wherever, uh, to cheer these folks on because… People are at their wits' end.
0: And I'm going to let, Fred, I know you want to respond. I'll just quickly say, when I was talking about that, I was saying that our society in general, the last 22 months or whatever, has been about polarization. And it's easy to paint those people, as I say, especially the Americans. And I know it's the average Canadian isn't holding a Confederate flag or putting swastikas on the Canadian flag. I know that. But I would also say to you, Tony, what... It's not like the government is in charge of the virus. And I think Fred is going to maybe go down this road a little bit. The, the, G- G- Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole, they're not in charge of this virus. It's a fluid thing. So, of course, we all want the end of lockdowns and, and homeschooling. But the, we're, we're also we don't want to get sick and fucking die. Uh,
1: and that's what I mean. When you say soccer moms and normal people, to use that phrase, like I still don't get it because it all comes back to the hospitals we've done this to protect the hospitals and listen i don't even think this last wave restaurant should have been closed i have some disagreements along the way but again at the end of the day i understand why it is being done and people say when are the mandates going to end mandates okay whatever they are uh when the virus is over like they were remember we were on the other side of delta we, the mandates were over, pretty much. We were on our way there. And then this Omicron thing comes along, and it's a moving target, and we had to readjust. Like, why is that so hard to understand? Yeah, yeah Of no, course we're all pissed off, but we have a virus, totally sort of unprecedented, which is taxing our health system, and these are the measures we have to take. Like, we would take war measures. Like, why is that so hard to understand? Yeah, I think it was very understandable three uh,
6: two years ago uh, you know and tony we we just had this one in december yeah and and most people got a common cold you know because they were vaccinated Uh. because they were vaccinated you know and i'm i'm triple vax so i want i want to state that no i know you are so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so 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 yeah no i i all i'm trying to do i I, i'm not trying to justify i'm trying to explain no i get it and and Mm -hmm. people are are I've never seen this to this extent. People are angry, frustrated They're, You know, the the demands of this trucking leadership to have the governor general and the Senate kick out Justin Trudeau. It, it's 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 bizarre. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. A lot of this makes no sense. So and people are reacting.
0: No, I, and I get that. And I and I understand. And you make a fair point that the people along the way that were cheering the truckers on are just like every they're just our neighbors and nothing wrong with that it's fine what I would say is cheering them on to what end because the truckers weren't going to go to Ottawa and end the fucking virus it and was the Canadian we, trucker
1: the Canadian truckers alliance disagreed yeah, with absolutely they were embarrassed but, by but, it I'm
0: sorry Howard no I was gonna to say because in the end they went there to do what and 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 I don't I don't think we have the answer and I don't know what they've accomplished because today on January 31st another couple hundred Canadian Canadians may die of this virus. Fifteen thousand are going to get it or more. So they didn't end. There's no mandates. Uh, although the Ontario lockdown ends today, but part, 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 part of it. Part I'm just saying, Tony. I get what, and you make you make a fair point. It's they're they're not the whack jobs we see pissing on the centipath or whatever. Yeah, I know. what is it? it was,
1: yeah,
0: was, what did the, I say? The not the centipath. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> cenotaph. Whatever. <laughs> Centipede. Centipede was a good video game. This is why I'm not weekend. in parliament. I don't know <laughs> the names. <laughs> just, Tony, let me
1: just add this before. Yeah, sure. Um, on, on the tail end of what Howard um, said about these people. <laughs> You know, they talk about a freedom rally. No one's lost their freedom. I may be naive, but you are totally free not to get the vaccine. There is no vaccine mandates in this country. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. You are free to make that choice. But then, you know, there are consequences that come with that. Then the government is free to say, "Okay, you're going to be excluded from this or that. And then if I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times on the weekend. i got to feed my family. Well, you know what we're all like. I would take a bullet for my kids. Would you not all take a bullet for your kids? Well, well one you won't of them take a. F- you won't take a <laughs> fucking vaccine for your kids. Yeah, yeah. Like holy
6: cow!
3: I know. Man. Yeah, I know.
6: I know. And this is the great divide. And and uh, <clears throat> if I may put
0: on my partisan hat, just yeah, for do it
6: <clears throat> a nanosecond. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I'm going to ask you a PC question in a second. Yeah,
6: yeah. Because you know, uh, I'm really disappointed in Prime Minister Trudeau because. Uh, You know, back in the election last fall, he he was losing ground to Aaron O'Toole. It was uh, uh, people were on his case. And then he found the silver bullet to save his campaign, which was to go after the 20 percent of the population that was unvaccinated, demonize them, run a campaign on how horrible these these Canadians are. And he won the election, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and because there's 80 percent who were vaccinated. Uh, You know, I get that. Mm -hmm. But but. You know, that's not what a leader does. And when he came in in 2015, his big mantra was Stephen Harper is a divider. Stephen Harper is trying mm-hmm. to demonize a section mm-hmm. of the population, whether it's Muslims or whatever. Uh, I'm going to be the great unifier. Where well, look where Justin Trudeau is now. And look at the kind of leadership he's offering. And he's, he's seeking. He is continually dividing Canadians. And that's not leadership. You can win elections that way, but that's not real leadership.
1: No, I agree. And, yeah. in the, and I was saying this on the weekend to my sweet wife again because she's really the only person I – You know, you really need to get on – uh, you should go online. You should be yeah. talking to somebody. Uh-huh. Well, you know what bugs me? You know, and he was supposed to be the great guy for the next generation. He was going to have the answer. He was going to understand this generation that's sort of been – Pushed to the side, so to speak. Where is he on the price of gas? Where is he on the price of food? I don't hear anything from him. You know, my daughter's in her 30s now. It costs them like 30 bucks more to fill up, a, a, you know, their truck. Well, they, you know, they didn't yeah, get a $30. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: but you're kind rate. of losing me how, how he's gone from dividing the country to also being oh. responsible for inflation and the price of gas. No, no. What,
1: I, what I'm saying is he's dividing and he's not even addre- He, I agree with Tony. And he's not even addressing the big pressing issues of the country right now. That's all. I don't even hear him talking about it. But because we were on Trudeau.
6: (laughs) Yeah. And so my point was uh, was simply that there's a lot of division in this country and the political leadership ain't helping.
0: Okay. well, but then just before we. And by the way, thanks for popping in. I should have read. I should have read the show notes because I'm like, why is Tony on at 745? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Um. You know, as somebody that has voted uh, progressive conservative, but not all the time, but I have, I find it sometimes hard when I see what, you know, this is your party, so that's fine. I'm not going to, you can support them, and I want to support them at times, but sometimes I find it hard. And and this weekend, again, reminds me of why sometimes I find it hard, because you know, and you can say it's Gil association. That O'Toole met with him a few days ago, whatever, whatever. But there's always some kind of PC stink around this. What would you say to someone like me, like, that That I'd like to support that party uh, in a lot of ways? and But in some times like this, I'm always like, the, the upside down flags, the Confederate flags, the Nazi symbols. You know, there's always... It's like the Tim Hortons uh, slogan, except it's there's always got time for the Jew hating. You know, it's, all, it's always something in there. So tell me why. Why is that, that they're tough to support at times? Yeah, I think
6: the the, the, the narrative against them is that uh, they don't have control of the more extreme elements uh, of, uh, of 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 the conservative. Movement, which is probably true of the progressive side too, but the, mm-hmm. the media scrutiny of that is, is somewhat less. Yes. So, yeah, they've got to come up with a way. To assure people, just like Stephen Harper did, like, you you know, people forget the the liberals ran ads in Stephen Harper's first election, which he did not win uh, and said, you know, there was going to be abortions on side streets and there's going to be troops on the streets and all this sort of jazz. They they tried to the, the liberal playbook is the same for 100 years, guys. It was it's in 1926. It was king or chaos. William Lyon, yeah. Mackenzie King, or chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a, a riff on that ever since. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, they, they, that's one of the basic things that conservative politicians in this country have to overcome, is the fear that there's going to be some, uh, some weird agenda mm-hmm. that, that they sign on to by voting for them. And that, that's, that's a challenge for O'Toole. It was a challenge for Shear, It was a challenge for Harper. Right. You know, that's, that's <clears throat> the reality.
1: Let's look at it provincially. <clears throat> when John Tory was running for Premier of the Ontario uh, for Premier of Ontario his position was if you're going to fund Catholic schools then everybody should get funding and somehow that sunk him yeah. to the brilliance of the liberals oh, that yeah. somehow they turned that into a negative think about that if you give funding then everybody should get it and somehow that he was demonized for that I spoke Gerald
6: Butts it was the same guy that uh, that launched Trudeau Gerald Butts he was the he was the guy that, that masterminded that so so I you mm-hmm. know I, I would say that, uh, that you know, there are exceptions, like Doug Ford winning, winning Toronto seats, seats yeah. in Scarborough, seats in Etobicoke, was because, you know, the, the, the liberals tried to say, oh, this guy is going to be crazy, and look at all this mm-hmm. crazy populist agenda, and people looked at Doug Ford and said, nah, you know, he, he's, he looks like a hell of a guy, you
3: know? Yeah.
0: And, and, and that, that was one of the things that put him over the top. And, and just as I can and I think you can hear that, that I, I, I feel some empathy for these people that waved at the trucky, the trucker, what do they, they, they call it, the Karen Convoy or whatever, all the names for it, I saw it on Blundell's social, they call it the uh, Flu Trucks Clan or whatever. Flu um, Trucks Clan, yeah. But just as Aaron O'Toole and your party aren't a bunch of whack jobs, you know, the, Not and, and not everything that Trudeau has enacted that has happened during this thing are, are, are his as well. It's like, you know, we've been in this situation now almost two years. Um, And it's like it's unprecedented. And who knows, you know, if Aaron O'Toole and you guys were in charge, you know, who knows what all of this would have been, but I guarantee you there'd still be mandates, there'd still be... Listen, mm-hmm. if there's one group yeah. of people that shouldn't be going across the country unvaccinated, it would be truckers! Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Tony, we gotta let you go, man.
1: And, and you nice know, look at, look at Ontario, the numbers have dropped dramatically over the past few days because I guess the measures worked and today they're being relaxed a bit, and if we're on the same path, then boom! They'll be lifted. Yep. Just oh, yes. like fait, they were in November. November.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward
6: to that, and I'm looking forward oh, to
0: normalcy, yeah. Yeah. you know? that By the way, next one time you're on, you should we should have a little chat about the Catholic school board and what I really think of them. Uh, um, But anyways, my, my young brother, you know, when you young people now with your long hair and your music, Tony Clement, and uh, of course the, uh, the podcast, what's it called? And Another Thing Podcast. Fantastic. Uh, all the best to you, and we'll have you on officially. I, again, I apologize for going. Tony, here. No worries. Early. Thanks, brother. Listen, man, Always take care. Pleasure. There's take Tony care. Clement. What a good man he is.
1: Thanks, Tony. Good, good to you. see you.
0: Uh, let me tell you, this program brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy's where you go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now, Frederick. To do it, with GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more.
1: Hey, uh, Tony Clement, let's say that he was brought to you by the Chamber Plan. ChamberPlan.ca, Canada's number one one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. The Chambers plan permits small and medium-sized business an opportunity to provide a benefits package for their people. doesn't matter, you know, there's a couple of people in your company, there's a hundred people in your company, they can design a plan for you that's very, very affordable, They you know, and they've done a great job of keeping... Uh, the reins on uh, on premiums, they really have uh, COVID, uh, they cover uh, COVID, uh, even when you're traveling, if uh, that's part of your package, prescriptions and dental and uh, the teledoc system, all sorts of uh, great products under the Chamber Plan umbrella, take the time today, find out how you can be part of
0: this, chamberplan.ca. I mean, obviously, from Tony's perspective, it's all about... You know, the PCs and I, and I get it. And that, and that thing, you know, that I'm glad you brought that up about Tory because I still don't understand. But again, it's also that we shouldn't be surprised the liberals know how to play politics just like the PCs do. But the yeah. fact that Tory basically just raised the idea that if and I, and I mm-hmm. totally supported it, that if you're able to, you know, direct your property tax, some of your property tax mm-hmm. money to a separate school board, then everyone should be able to. Mm hmm. You know, we're in a tough position in this country because, you
1: know, it is politics, what Trudeau is doing right now. And I agree with Tony. He is doing that, but it's strategic. And even though you think, ah, it's a bit slimy, but that's what politicians do. And they have a big problem in this country right now because that, that fringe that sort of is tucked in under their umbrella, you alienate that and you never have a chance to win an election. If you lose the West... To this maverick party or whatever They will never ever have a chance at winning An election so they're they're
0: You know they're on they're, They have this fine line they're dancing across Yeah and when Tony says you know There's elements of the far left That don't get covered in the Media well okay maybe but they're not Running around with confederate flags saying no. Jews will not replace us
1: And they're not running away from the liberal party Um
0: So there's a you know you brought up it's I, it's, I I was joking around with you know it's funny when we come back from three days off you know you say this about a you know oh I was telling my sweet wife Jalise mm-hmm. you know, and I come back and I go because I'm really the only person I've spoken to in person since I saw you on this Zoom call last Thursday is Rachel so mm-hmm. of course you know I'm, when I start ranting it's in her direction and I was talking about because she goes to the Y to work out and she was telling mm-hmm. me this week she'll be able to go back to the Y to do her workouts. And I said, well, I'm surprised. Why? I'm surprised someone as progressive as you go to the young men's Christian association. Why not the young women's? And then she explained that the young women, I said, but I don't understand how they still call that the young men's Christian association. Why is that? And she was started to roll her eyes at me. But I think about it. Young ageism, men's sexist Christians who needs them. I'll leave it. I said, really the only word in that acronym that I will give you is association. But it seems a bit, I was I was joking with her, but it does seem a bit antiquated that in 2022, you could have a young men's Christian association anywhere. I mean, it seems a bit exclusionary to me. Well, they don't, it's like KFC. They don't use that anymore. I know. It's KFC. But but that's what you know, it stands for. Well, there's a young women's um, thing, too. Yeah, right? but not like she was explaining to me. It's not quite the same. Hmm. Hmm. Like, they're all known as the Y now, of course. You know how I would handle that? If DeLise said to
1: me, I'm going back to the y, I would say, Why? Why? I know what you Because I want to. I want yeah. to go to the Y. Why?
0: <laughs> that would
4: be so and much fun for her. Oh, fantastic. And then well, she'd roll her eyes and leave yeah.
0: the room. Well, we were in the car at the time, but I know she was rolling her eyes at me. I kept saying, I don't understand you. How could you be part of that organization that excludes anyone? The fact that.
1: And then that- you've you slammed on the brakes. Out! Get out!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Uh, Anyway, it's a very interesting time. And now this has come to our country and we got these people that are angry. And as I said to Tony, you went to Ottawa, but there's no you didn't accomplish anything because there's still vaccine restrictions. And as you yeah. point out, you can go anywhere where no one's freedom is being restricted.
1: Well, the, again, that's what it gets back
0: to for me. That,
1: that Right off the top, that's the aggravating part for me. This is Canada, such a wonderful country. And, yeah, our measures have been a little stricter than the United States, who we are exposed to all the time. But, the you know, look at the numbers. Freedom, uh, convoy. Who's lost their freedom? Like, no, no. Special times, special measures. And did we not get an indication again in the fall when Delta was on its way out? Everything was being lifted; it was being relaxed. It was the responsible thing to do. And then <laughs> Omicron comes. It's like these people don't want to hear the reasons why. And it all. And again, it, it all comes back to the hospitals protecting them. Yeah, no, but I want
0: to just interject, and because that was the point I was trying to make to, yeah. to Tony. Justin Trudeau didn't cause a, a, another no. a, another a variant and mm-hmm. by the way I've seen a couple of stories recently and I'm sure you have too there's another variant that mm-hmm. is part of this family of variants the B1 whatever they're called but there's a B2 variant that's bubbling under my point to him and I, I would say it again to you no politician even the ones you like are responsible for any of this that's going on all they're doing is trying to react in a in the best way for the most people while comma mm-hmm. also playing to their base playing politics it's a tough time to be a politician and i don't like mm-hmm. justin trudeau uh, all that much but i don't hate him either mm-hmm. I, because i look at this guy and i go he's just a dude you know, he's just another guy in the world right. who's you know, trying to keep his job, trying to play to his base and not kill too many people. Mm-hmm. I don't want that big
1: Yeah, my only thing with Trudeau he's a little bit disappointed because what he was supposed to be didn't
0: hey, like listen, a lot of politicians.
1: Steven Harper what he was supposed to be, he delivered. What Trudeau was supposed to be, he has not delivered. That's all I would all I would say about that. And you know, we received some uh, emails and uh, you know one of our guys that listens all the time jeremy you know he he sent an email and he's got that line in there you know the vaccine i'm fully vexed, but you can still get it and spread it yes i know i know you can get it and spread it but your chances of being ending up in the hospital are greatly reduced the, quickly the numbers on the weekend you know the unvaccinated make up uh 10 of the population they are 80% of the ICUs. Yeah. Is
0: that not enough? Oh, no, it's not, Is actually. Is that not enough? You know, and this whole narrative, they can, like, I, I guess, listen, I get it. It's back to that article about epistemology, but there's this whole narrative that, that people, and we all do it, we pick and choose the parts of any argument that suit us the most, and then we, yeah. we grab onto them. But back to the idea of you, you drove all the way across the country because you're, uh, you, you think, your freedom has been taken away from you, but you're driving back across the country today with nothing else. Nothing has changed. Nobody is doing anything different today than they did on the weekend, except they're going to go back to their communities and their jobs. And I don't know what they think they accomplished, but those same restrictions apply. Yes.
1: And other, you know, and I don't know if we we're going to get to that email from Jeremy. He raised some points. And again, well, I we thought have you to just wait.
0: read it. Did you not read it? No.
1: No, I didn't read it, but, no, uh, I didn't uh, actually read it, but, uh, you know, you just, I I want to acknowledge that we got it, and he made a few other points that, um, you know, were sort of weird, but.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk to a uh, former NHL enforcer, Mm -hmm. Chris Dingman, Mm two-time Stanley Cup champion, Mm -hmm. teammate of Theo Fleury. Mm Mm-hmm. He won a uh, Stanley Cup with the Abs. The other one he won was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, he was a uh, he was a fighter, man. He was a fighter, and now he's in uh, sales and marketing. Stout Gloves is his, his uh, company. Chris Dingman. Hey, Chris. How's it going?
4: How's not it bad? going How with about you, you, kid? Oh, not too bad. A little tired. Monday morning. Uh, why find, are you
0: tired? Are, are you in Edmonton? Is that why you're?
4: yeah edmonton makes me tired no
0: you're just a couple of, you're you're a couple hours behind us listen man i'm from a, i'm from Moose Jaw. don't talk to me about edmonton i have a brother that lives in edmonton another one lives in calgary and i know some of the the coldest times of my life i've been going to a hockey game in edmonton uh yeah. listen man thanks for doing our show today um I know you're here to talk about Stout Gloves. Let's We'll get to Stout Gloves in a second. I'm just telling everyone if they want to sort of listen along, it's stoutgloves.com. But let's get back to you, Chris. All those years, all those fights. How, did you come out of your NHL career healthy?
4: No. <laughs> Not even close. But I think I'm better off than some guys, so I can't really complain. I look at it. it uh, uh, there's a Papa Roach song called Scars it uh, kind of reminds me of that where like I look at my hands and my fingers I can't straighten my middle finger which is probably on either hand. which is good because i have dislocated broken of quite a few of them so I kind of laugh because I can't give people the middle finger. So I'm <laughs> that's like right. But I'm, I'm coaching. So I coach a girls team now, a U18 girls team. So we travel on the weekends or, you know, every second or third weekend. My two boys are playing. All, they're all playing for Antioch. So that's why I'm tired. Usually Monday Monday mornings, I'm usually picking up one kid from the rink at like somewhere between 8 or 11 or, or midnight or I like last night we got back. Not too late, about 8.30, but by the time you get everyone home and, yeah, get yeah. Get some more food room and stuff and get everybody down. And it's like 1030. So I had an early, had an early morning Friday. I had to take my son to the airport because he was going to Winnipeg to go play games. And I'd come home, take my other kid to the rink, and then go to work. The way he would go. So, it's, so you've, uh, you've gone from being a
0: hockey enforcer to being a hockey dad.
4: Yeah, now I don't enforce anything. I just get told <laughs> where to be. I get told where to be and, where, and how to do it But my wife or my kids Are Of course To be quiet I don't even get to pick The music anymore It's like I don't understand Like I, <laughs> My kids My kids used to listen To classic rock And they like Listen to ACDC And Queen And you know All this stuff And then we move back To Alberta And now it's all Just like Rap music It's uh, just, like Little baby The baby And like Oh man Like some of it's good I don't mind it But like Listening to it Like every morning And on the drive <laughs> home And on the no, day I every it. game.
1: Chris, no. you showed you us uh, your fingers, but you know an enforcer in the NHL. What about your brain?
4: Um, I can't see. I can't see it right now. So no, but um, lots of. Con-
1: <laughs> did you suffer lots of concussions? Is that a concern? I know often. I don't
4: know. Uh, you don't I think know. so? Yeah, and I don't want to laugh about. It. I don't want to make light of it. Um, I just try to like put some humor into. Difficult situations, I guess, because it's like life's hard, hockey's hard, uh, work is hard, COVID's been hard, so I try to make light <laughs> of stuff. I don't like making light of uh, CT concussions, but yeah, I had quite a few. Um, I think I'm okay for the most part. Like I, I think when I was done, it was hard. There were times where my brain just wasn't working properly, and uh, I think it's healed a little bit, to be honest. I think I feel smarter uh, <laughs> until I talk, you? until,
3: yeah, what's that like?
4: well until i talk about politics and then my my kids usually tell, or my wife tells me i'm an idiot because well you know you came <laughs> so to our
0: i'll tell you you came to our attention on uh, one of our hundy piece a guy that loves our show named chris f grave is that how you pronounce yeah. chris's last name
4: yeah sure why not
0: and uh he, he's so smarter than me. he put us in touch <laughs> with you which i appreciate um you know, we, we've been friends with uh, Nick Kiprios for a long time. used to be a regular guest on our show, and I remember him telling the story of when he was in junior hockey, he was actually a goal scorer, but he got to his first NHL camp and realized that, you know, he wasn't going to make it scoring goals, and he decided that if he was going to stay in the league, he had to do something different. Just for people who don't know, what was it a conscious thing for you, or was it similar? Were you a, a different player in junior and you know, until you got to the league and then you became something else?
4: Well, um, that sounded arrogant. Uh, I think I was a, I was a top point guy, I guess, when I was younger. And, uh, like, so I played midget triple A as a 15 year old. There was myself and David Langkow. And I think, obviously see you guys heard of David Langkow, and he was a great, you know, a good NHL player that played for like, I think 14 years or something. Him and myself are the two 15 year olds that played midget triple as underages. Then we are the two leading scorers, and um, you know, then you get drafted, and you go to junior. And you know, I was actually drafted by Seattle, and I was traded before I played the game. Me and before the guys were traded for Chris Osgood. Uh, and then I got a call from Kelly McCrimmon. Is like, hey, it's Kelly McCrimmon, we just got you know acquired your rights, you know, from the Brandon Weekings or you know, Kelly McCrimmon from the Brandon of Kings. Sorry, we just acquired your rights. Like, what are you talking about? Where's Brandon? Things, so they to right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like well, my dad and my mom and I were like, "Where's Brandon?" And I lived in Edmonton, but it's like we, I was there for you know studying Brandon. To be honest with you, I'm mean, like forty two thousand people. I was like, "Oh my God, what the Jesus mm-hmm. Christ? Like, what are we doing here?" So <clears> there <throat> wasn't uh, it wasn't a conscious decision, but my dad uh, he'd done some work for Glenn Saylor. Uh, my dad was it was and is an interior designer, so he did some work for. Uh, the Oilers and Glenn Saylor and stuff. So he I was kind of lucky where he had some access to talking to people, I guess, about, you know, what I should do, whatever. I remember taking boxing lessons before I went to junior just to be ready because back then, like, I like to hit guys. And I like to play physical. And it wasn't like, I, you you know, today's game obviously is a lot different. But back then, if you ran somebody over, you had to fight, especially when you're a younger guy and a rookie. You know, I just remember my parents having a conversation because when I was younger, playing in Edmonton and I was playing up, and I'd run guys over, and, like, parents were screaming at me. And, my, you know, my mm-hmm. mother, my mother, God rest her soul, she was, she was only, like, five, six, five, seven, ninety-five 95 pounds, and she would, like, be screaming at people because <laughs> calling me a goon and mm-hmm. just, wanted to, just wanted to, like, roast me at the stake, like, just lynch me again. So I just remember my, um, you know, my dad and my parents talking to Kelly McCrimmon and saying, like, he's not going to be a goon. He's not going there. He's not going to be a fighter. Kelly's like, no, we don't want him to be a fighter. We want him to be a player. You know, and Kelly was true to his word, but the problem is when you play in the Western League back then, you had to fight. Like, there was no, I don't want to fight. Like, if you ran somebody over, uh, they were you, you had to fight. I mean, did you see my background? Is yeah, so it looks great. Well, that's your daughter, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's my little, that's my little baby, Willa. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that, that, better,
0: that better belong to you, or we're going to have to have a different conversation anyway.
4: <laughs> oh, no, that's my little baby yeah. girl. I, mean, I did so many Zooms over the years. That's the last couple years. So anyway, but
0: just skip ahead. Sorry, so I'll you, because I, I want to get to stout gloves. But you, so you got through your junior career, and, and but you had you had started fighting in junior hockey. And I grew up again watching a lot of WHL hockey. Regina Pats were my favorite team. The Blades, all that Bro, stuff.
4: Oh, don't even be okay. Bye, bye no, it's okay. giant, I'm, that's listen, what's dude. What's wrong, what wrong with you?
0: Come on, man. guys. I'm from Moose Jaw. We didn't have a junior team at the time. That was before that's the war. What's Warriors. wrong with
4: you? That's what's wrong with you.
0: Then there's a lot wrong with me, my friend. And don't and don't listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm I played junior I'm hockey in can't. Saskatchewan. I might come out there. You know, okay. old man.
4: Too Chris, heavy. were you drafted?
1: So, um, were you drafted by the Avalanche?
4: No, I was drafted by uh, Calgary. Oh, okay. So and oh, then oh. Uh, I was I was drafted by Seattle too. So. Anyways, I was drafted Yeah, so I was drafted By Seattle I went up to the Moral Cup And then Just going to junior It was like uh, It wasn't meant to fight Didn't want, you know We don't want to be a goon But then you just had to fight So yeah. I, I just started fighting And you know It wasn't a, a Conscious decision Where, you know I'm going to have to do This to make it It was just The more you fought Right you just create A room for yourself So Every year, by my second and by my third year, I was just beating guys up. Like anyone that touched my two linemates, I was a year at a, you know, my best offensive year had 40 goals and 43 assists. And mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, and even my two linemates, one had 55, Marty Murray, Murray played a little bit, and Darren Ritchie right. had like 62 or 63. So it was basically anyone touched them, I just grabbed them and bound them. And then my fourth year was just, just I didn't even need to, really need to fight. I Just would tell guys I'd kill them and. But he just came to <laughs> space. Right, you had a <laughs> reputation. States. Yeah.
1: So, so you get yeah, to the N- you get to the NHL level and then did it change then? And what's what's the pressure that comes with that when you know when a game begins? That's sort of your role, and it's you know, looking forward to scoring a goal is nice. Looking forward to another fight, not so much. Pressure's you. that's it. that's a weird so pressure, is it
0: not? Well
4: it depends who you're fighting. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but would like you know guys, at the beginning would
0: you know at the beginning of a game against a certain opposition that you're gonna have to fight their guy?
4: Probably. It just depends on the team and what happened. Well that's what yeah, I'm I asking. So yeah, so it yeah, pretty much. I mean, every game's different. Like sometimes there's a history and sometimes there's something happened and uh you know, then you know like so for example. You know, so it was a college decision. So when I got traded from Calgary to Colorado, Colorado had one of the best teams I think in the history of the NHL. If you look at lineups between Ray Bork and Rob Blake and mm-hmm. Foot and Forsberg, Sackick, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, you know, Drury, hey Duke, Chris Stigman, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> so nobody <laughs> so, got traded there and... I you know, was I was the other guy in the Flurry deal, and it was kind of a joke because I went to Hershey for a month, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, Flurry deal was in the uh, in in Colorado, and you know, I, I I get called up for one game, and uh, Michel Goulet, who was a great guy, who was a French guy, came down, with Chris, so, you know, bring it up, and I'm like, okay, he's like, you know, we just played Chicago, so we played Chicago back to back, and the first game was in uh, Colorado or Denver or whatever and they kind of got run around a little bit because they had like Warren Reichel at the time and Jeff Rodgers and, and like Warren Reichel guys called him Bundy and so Bundy kind of had a bad hand he wasn't really fighting that much and you know other than that he had like Adam Foot maybe and you know this is just on the tail end of uh, the Detroit stuff you know Draper and all that, and all those things all those brawls so I yeah, get called up and you know Chicago's got like Probert uh, Manson Todd Simpson Jamie Allison brad brown reed simpson like just murderers are guys like just heavyweights and (laughs) you know so michelle you know so goo you know he's like hey you know we need a guy you know we kind of got pushed around i was like okay so i knew what i was there for Mm -hmm. and was i scared i don't think i was scared i was like just worried a little bit like you everyone gets has a different feeling like whatever you want to describe it but it's like anticipation or nervous or
0: well nervous excitement i guess yeah
4: yeah nervous excitement yeah like so I knew I had to fight or I was going to fight. And um, so I did, I did, this is in the wooden stick days. So I was using wooden sticks and I, I did a four for the game. I broke one and warm up and what a complete waste of time because I played like a minute, 52 seconds. And that <laughs> Brobert and then uh, did really well. And then he wanted to fight me again. and uh, But he, I, he, didn't, he didn't ask me off the face off the second time. He kind of jumped me. But it was funny. I line up like, I just love this story because. You know, I go out there. It's like my first shift, and I'm wearing number four because you know we'd be like undressed. So uh, that was the number he had. They didn't, so four is not my number. It doesn't look good on me. But anyways, maybe I should have worn it because I, I I won a fight against Prober when I was wearing it. But for my career, I go out there and I line up, and Bob Prober comes out, and it's like. Hey, did your coach send you out here to give me a try? Like, over face <laughs> nice like, I don't know how bad my face looks when I him So, did your coach send you over here to give me a try? I was like, no. He's like, yeah, but I'm like, do you want? To, if you want to go, we can go. And he goes, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I just love that story because that's so like, funny. It was very matter of fact, you know. Because then, then, it took and me, and, me and
0: you and you took him in the that first time you took him.
4: Yeah, I did good. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say I beat him up, but I, I, I think I got the better of him. So that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to fight again. So And don't feel like you have to rush. Like, we can talk about whatever. Well, we, 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 we,
0: we, we, we only <laughs> feel like we have to rush because we've got uh, other, other parts of this program that we have to get to. Oh. That's why I want to talk about okay. Stout Gloves. Why? What no, are no. How, So your NHL career ended and you decided to become what? Stout Gloves? Is that, is that what happened?
4: No. No, actually, I uh, you know, played hockey, whatever, I was done. I was playing in Europe, and then it's kind of like, what am I doing? Because I'm just playing hockey to play hockey. Like, it's good. It was making good money. It wasn't NHL money, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, decent money, and you get a you know, room in a – not a room, but you get an apartment in a car when you play in Europe. And, but my oldest son was born, and he was born the year before when I played in Sweden, and then, you know, we're having another kid, and you're in a two-bedroom apartment. And wow. I remember my wife and my son came over for Christmas, like, they would come over, like, November, December, and then stay for the rest of the year. So the second year, when it was in Denmark, they came over, and there was, like, the Spanish flu, or there was not the Spanish flu, I don't want to speak out of the term, but there was, like, this stomach flu going through, and they, through Europe or whatever, and they showed up, and they were just literally, like, vomiting and whatever for, like, two, three days over Christmas, and I was like, what are we doing here? And then, uh, so I just started... Uh, got a job I didn't get a job with the Lightning but I was friends with the the VP of Communications his name was Bill Wick I think one of the best guys I was like Wick is there something I can do he's like why are you thinking of retiring I said yeah I think I'll do something different and get started so I actually started doing the Lightning have a radio show in the summer and it was like once a week so I started doing that, just talking about whatever and you're pushing this is back before the team was you know it was after we had won but then we'd, they'd gone through the owners of like glenn barry and Art Cools, those owners that maybe weren't the best they, they, they were they the rough times of barry melrose as the coach and stuff like that barry's a great guy so whatever so <laughs> you know they had, they had this radio show where you're just basically trying to pump the team and sell tickets so i did that and i was i did season ticket sales stuff and then i Started doing uh, TV for the team in my first year. I did 12 games and kept doing them more. I actually had a morning radio show on 987 The Fan, the Kirk and Jinger show about 10 years ago. So I've done a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, now I sell, uh, I coach girls' hockey and I sell gloves.
0: Is this glove company, stoutgloves.com, your company, Chris?
4: Uh, My brother in law started it. Right. Uh, It was part of us moving back just. Uh, amongst some other things, just yeah, you know, living and you know, wanting to be closer to family and stuff. And uh yeah, so he started and he was, was doing all well. so he was asking his sister, my wife, and if we could come back and help. And you know, we're just looking at hockey. I had two kids who play hockey and I didn't realize how expensive it was in Canada. <laughs> <'cause>, um,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, we're is. in
4: Florida. Yeah, we're in Florida and like we're traveling everywhere. And I actually had, like, uh, I coached the GM of Lightning, Julian Breezebaugh. I coached both his kids. He's a great guy. He's a real smart hockey mind and in terrific shape, too. That guy can do one-legged box jump. It's ridiculous. Like, like we're talking, like, four feet. And anyways. Really? whole different – oh, my God, whole different story. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're traveling around everywhere. Like, you got to fly everywhere for the most part because there's only so many teams in Florida, especially if you play at a higher level. So. Yeah, just the cost of hockey, so I came back, and uh, now I sell gloves, which is kind of funny because the absurdity of it is, you know, I used to drop my gloves and punch people in the face, and now I uh, right. sell safety gloves, so, uh, so yeah. it's primarily for,
0: go ahead. Uh, and, and just to be clear, everyone, uh, this is uh, stoutgloves.com, if you go check it out, that's Chris's company.
4: What
1: or do
0: dot it? CA a or .ca, yeah
1: yeah what? industrial gloves specialize in impact and uh, and cut
0: resistant gloves yeah, yeah these, these are like real, real you could have worn them in the NHL. <laughs> these are real like grown up man gloves yeah
4: um, they actually were yeah they actually work too because I uh, during COVID you know when we've uh, been locked down and uh, you know so yeah. many different times I actually I like working with Void. I took I actually took home ec, uh, back in you know junior high and high school I took home because I'm like I'm going to be one of two guys it's going to be a class full of girls so my sure. odds are really good and i yeah. get to eat whatever i make so i did that and i took industrial arts but actually i like working with wood so i've actually uh you know i'm in my garage i built all the, the i built the boys hockey stalls myself and you know uh i'm using a skill saw i guess it's called or whatever mm-hmm. so I, and sometimes i'm not very skillful and i missed a piece of wood and i caught my finger and i had the glove i had my cut proof gloves on i was like oh man this actually works thank god i was like holy shit you know like <laughs> it would have been bad like my finger mm-hmm. at the tip of my pointer finger would have been gone so
0: well, that's a great endorsement of this product um before we let you go i was just curious about something because you had 120 fights what don't the what doesn't the average fan what don't they realize about a hockey fight you know what I mean? Like, I had a couple as a kid and junior. You've had a bunch. What What is it about a hockey fight that when the fans come to their feet and they're cheering you on, but you're actually doing it? What's that like? What's those few seconds like?
4: Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess, like, for me, I never wanted to get beat up on national TV. So, like, you know, I never wanted to be knocked out. So my mom, or, you know, God rest her soul or you know, my buddies are just. I just didn't want to get embarrassed. I think was for me, so it was kind of a nervous thing. And, um, you know, the other part of it too, I think is just. I mean, part of that try not to get hurt thing is it. Like I remember people. They did the, the hockey fights website, like hockeyfights.com dot com, and I mm-hmm. go on there and watch all the fights. And Wendell, yeah, like, some I'm of like, the some of the Wendell or, uh, stuff is amazing. I know, like when he's still hitting a guy, when oh, he was down still, like oh yeah, like, well, yeah. that's oh my god. I like, yeah. like, like, even Dave Brown when he fought Jim Kite I think it was, and it's like, and he's down and he sees his arms go up and he's trying to, and I'm like, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, just. Uh, it's just like the nervousness, I guess, yeah. of trying to get into it and 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 fighting and just uh, people. What people don't realize is that when guys are fighting, and so people could you and say, "Oh, well, you know, like later on in my career, like you, know, you wouldn't stand back and throw or you wouldn't whatever." And what people maybe don't realize is that I dislocated my right shoulder. I had a bunch of concussions. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have be been playing, but I just wanted to keep playing and try and make as much money as I could so I could afford for my mm-hmm. you know to retire. And, I'm not retired, anyways, but just so I could. I looked at it. I wanted to make as much money as I could, so when I had kids, I could afford to, you know, have them play hockey or do whatever. And then you got a dislocated (laughs) finger too, that's taped and so. And it's tough. You have
1: to protect. You have to protect yourself because you mentioned, you know, um, Bob Probert, uh, Wade Belak. I mean, a lot of guys have suffered. You know, post career, Wade. In particular, yeah. um, with injury, because of injuries they may have suffered in hockey. So, yeah, it c- carries a lot of stress.
0: Listen, man, Did we uh, see we got to get going. Oh, We've got a couple other guests. But, Chris, thanks for taking some time in Edmonton, Alberta, this morning with us. And uh, oh, let's let everyone know to go to, uh, check out these gloves, uh, Stout Gloves in Canada. It's just Google Stout Gloves and uh, find out what Chris has been up to. Thank you, my friend, and stay healthy.
4: Thank you. I feel very humble. you guys have me (laughs) on. Okay, buddy. (laughs) No problem.
0: There you go. Edmonton, Alberta. There's Chris. I'm telling you, you know, everyone... What's that old thing? It's like everyone has a plan until they're getting punched in the face. I know, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. It's all fun and games until some guy like Chris Dingman is punching you right in your silly face. Thanks, Chris. Just uh, let yourself out there, buddy. okay, Okay, buddy. All right. Uh, Of course, Chris, our GigSky guest of the day, Freddie.
1: Yes, uh, GigSky guest of the day. And as we've been telling you, uh, GigSky has launched their travel rewards program. Go to GigSky app and sign into your account at uh, GigSky.com to check out the program. GigSky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. When traveling on selected airlines and routes, you can get mobile data to go uh, gigskycom slash aeromobile to see the list of partner airlines and uh, you know gigsky data plans prepaid no contracts and recurring fees uh, you get what you pay for and your service is never ever throttled gigsky.com and as of tomorrow we're going to have some more some new information on what gigsky has to offer
0: yeah man uh, let's talk a little bit about our favorite T H C Outlet. Of course, I'm talking about Canna Cabana. Canna Cabana Club members, and you can be one of them. You get seventy percent off all kinds of, you know, accessories each and every day. And uh, as you've been hearing lately with our friend uh, Andy Palalis, man, this is some of the. uh, It's 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 here's the thing. We're not they're not selling skunk weed. Okay. This is like the real thing. It just happens to be, you know, cheaper than most places you can get it. And that's the idea, is it's unbeatable prices is what we're talking about. It's your one-stop cannabis shop, 100-plus stores across the country, which is why their prices are so good. Uh, in fact, if you find a price, I, mean, I know you've heard this before, but it's true. If you find a price of some THC somewhere else, uh, they'll beat it. They will beat it. And that's why you can take advantage of the Canna Cabana Club. Sign up now and get unbeatable prices each and every day. CannaCabana.ca
1: One little cor- uh, um, correction here. I got so used to saying the other thing. At GigSky now, it's HF2022
0: for $5 yeah, off. I, okay. Did I send 20. you the new... Um, yes. I yes. did send that to you. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Rudra sent us some new information. Yes. Tomorrow we will... Have all the new information? Okay. All right. So Dan Duran, uh, I know you're listening. So stand by. We've got a another guest coming up here. I just want to make sure I've got the right Gig Sky stuff for you. Yeah. Yes, I've got it. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. I've uh, been talking about this podcast, and I wasn't really impressed with the first couple episodes I'd listened to. It's the Fly on the Wall podcast with Dana Carvey and David Spade. (laughs) And as I said to you a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, if it wasn't those two guys, you'd never listen to this thing. But I gave it another shot because really what their whole spin on the podcast is, if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live, they're basically inviting, it seems to me, former SNL members to talk about the experience of being on Saturday Night Live, and i got to be honest with you, I listened to another one recently. It was with uh, the two of them and Conan O'Brien, who famously was a writer on SNL for a long time uh, before he became Conan O'Brien, and I found it fascinating, and they've sort of found a little bit of their rhythm. And Okay. You know, and they're not great broadcasters, but I, I do want to recommend it in that you might, if you're a fan of SNL, uh, you might find it fascinating. Their guests so far have included Conan, Tina Fey, Chris Rock. And I just found it fascinating that especially listening to Conan and talk about how the writers used to stay up all night and then they pitched the guests. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I got through about half an hour or 40 minutes of it. And I thought, okay, I can take the fact that they're not great broadcasters. And I just found the subject matter fairly compelling. So that was my Takeaway from the weekend Watched a couple Of movies saw some you know Netflix stuff hey, did, I can't remember Did you get through Ozark are you done Ozark now yes Have you started The uh, righteous gemstones Like I recommended no Come on man
1: I I Will I'll get to it uh-huh. I'll get to it
0: Alright
1: Uh did you see on over the weekend Johnny Fever died, Howard? Yes. Kessman?
0: I was going to wait till Dan got here, but yeah. Oh, were you? Howard, oh, okay. Well, that's fine. He, might, he probably yeah. has uh, that. Uh, what are, I don't have the details, though.
1: Well, he was 81. I don't know what he died of. I just. I saw the headline I thought, oh, that sucks I know Especially, you know, that was such a great show WKRP in Cincinnati And especially for people that worked Or worked in the industry Or or wanted to work in the industry Wanted to work in the industry Just fascinating It really was a clever show
0: In its time Yeah, it really was And some, you know, sort of iconic episodes The turkey episode The him mm-hmm. saying booger episode You know, it seemed like a simpler time and then, of course, Ta- what's-her-face? Lonnie Anderson was the big pin-up gal of her time. And then,
1: I know, and, it, and that was another show that created the, you know, Jennifer Bailey, who would you choose? Like right. the, the movie star, Mary Annie. Uh, uh,
0: Betty or Wilma? All even stuff. though, Be- by the way, even <laughs> though Betty and Wilma were literally the exact same cartoon, just with different, <laughs> you know, colored hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was always uh, I was Bailey. I think, although I was uh, pretty concerned with Lonnie Anderson's boobs at one point. Uh, Veronica, for sure, always been dark hairs, and uh, I don't know. Ginger Marianne would be different. I, I think, I think I'd like to uh, go out with Marianne, but I'd like to bone Ginger. Okay, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good spin on it. Yeah. I get that.
1: I think but ginger I'm would the same be way. When you said Veronica, you meant on uh, Friends. No, I meant Betty and Veronica. Oh, Betty and Veronica. I'm sorry, Betty I'm, and Veronica. Uh,
0: yeah, Betty or Veronica and Archie.
1: Yeah, it's funny. My men went to Friends because I I would have taken Jennifer um,
0: over Veronica. At the time, I was um, more into uh, Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. That's her name on the show, right? Veronica, and then
1: there was Phoebe. Mm-hmm.
0: Who's Veronica on the show? There's no Veronica on that show.
1: Oh, okay, okay. What, what's her name on the show? Uh, um, Courtney Cox. I don't know. I thought it
0: was Veronica, isn't it? <laughs> I <have> no idea. <laughs> okay. I'm still trying to figure out. What was I saying? The What's it called? Yeah.
1: So you say, Betty, you're talking about Archie Comics? Yeah. <laughs> what were you talking about? <gasps> no, I know. I thought you meant friends. I thought it was Jennifer. Genu- I thought uh, Courtney Cox's name on that show was Veronica. Is it not? I'm a loser. I don't know. I don't...
0: What was her name?
1: <laughs> Monica! Oh, Monica. Right, not Veronica. Right, okay. But you know what I mean. I would have taken...
0: What was I saying? It's not, it's not called the Centipath. It's called the Cenotaph. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Cenotaph. Hey, things yeah. happen. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do, man. Um, so I was giving you a, a bit of a minor, you know his report but in the middle of the night i had a i just wasn't feeling great and and i sitting there thinking okay is, is there something really wrong with me and i thought well i don't i started to feel a little bit warm you know i don't know what the hell is going on but i, I looked down at my uh, health gauge watch that's right friends <laughs> the health gauge watch assured me i did not have a fever it's a monitoring system like you've, you, you've never experienced. It uses sensors, infrared and green LED. It gives you real-time data measuring things like blood pressure, oxygen saturation, heart rate, pulse wave, velocity, activity levels, and so forth. And it really is something else. Whether you're looking at the app, it syncs with the, fu- the watch on your phone, the app on your phone, the watch on your wrist, and right now, you can get the Phoenix. That's what we're wearing. Get the Phoenix using the code HumbleFredHG for 15% off at checkout. HealthGage.com is where you go. HumbleFredHG for 15% off checkout. Check it out at checkout.
1: Humble and Fred and Doer. Oh, Yeah, a relationship made in heaven. Doer, the makers of the world's most comfortable pants, present the world's most comfortable Valentine's Day contest. All you have to do is use the phrase love pants in our Facebook comments, and you'll automatically be entered to win a weekly prize of a pair of pants. And you'll be eligible for the grand prize of pants and a lot of other stuff, okay? Enter as many times as you want. Don't forget to use the promo code lovepants at doer.ca for 15% off at checkout. It's all there for you.
0: Doer pants, Love pants, man. Love yeah. pants. We gave away our uh, first pair of pants on uh, Thursday. Uh, This week, we'll qualify some more people. Just go to our Facebook page, as Freddie says. And this Thursday, we'll give out another uh, weekly prize. And then a couple weeks from now, we'll give out the grand prize. Now, I'm only going to mention this because I don't think I... I'm pretty sure I didn't tell you what the grand prize was. That's okay. I can tell you later. It's a bunch of stuff. It's pants and all kinds of stuff. Michael, are you going to turn your uh, camera on so we can see you?
3: There you go, there. hey Michael. Go. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Didn't we
0: talk to you before, Michael?
3: Yeah, we did. We spoke uh, probably a couple of months ago. I think it was. Yeah,
0: and it was funny because did you get? I, I think I sent you a note after we were talking all about your gummies, and I'm like, wow, that sounds fascinating. Then I go upstairs and I see that I actually, I actually been using them. Uh, Michael Crestel is the executive chairman at DonaLeo. Uh, they've got some new CBD gummies hitting the OCS, but and and, and I gotta tell you, I have a bag of the Dyna Thrive upstairs because it's my every. It is my bedtime ritual. I take the uh, ten milligram CBD gummies, and uh, I gotta say, congratulations because not only do I use them, but apparently enough people use them. I've gone in a couple times to places, and and they were they were sold out at Christmas time. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. No, it's been a very, very popular product, and uh, we're very happy with it, and we're thrilled to expand the line with um, bringing new products that, that you know customers are, are asking for. And uh, if it's helping people just a little bit, then uh, you know we, we're, we're really happy. We're doing our job.
0: What are some of the things that you want people to understand about CBD versus taking gummies like THC? Uh, I, I sort of have a, an experience. I want you to talk about what most people's experience is like.
3: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, like it's a wellness product, right? So, you know, so people, you know, it's not, it's not medicine, right? It's wellness. And, um, we find that, uh, people are reporting back to us that it's just taking the edge off things a little bit. You know, you don't get the high that you get associated with the THC product. Um, and, uh, so, you know, THC just isn't for everybody, but, um, We're just seeing and hearing more and more just how CBD and some of the other minor cannabinoids like a CBN or a CPT are just helping people, you know, relieve anxiety a little bit and maybe there's some pain relief. And again, it's not there's no studies that are you know conclusive that here's what it you know exactly what it can do for you. So, but um, we're just getting a lot of consumer reports that uh, they're comfortable with it and it's helping.
1: And you have a new product, vegan uh, CBD gummies
3: um so so we've got the, two, the new products that we put out so one is in the Dina line. it's called uh, Dina Dream. it's a it's a lemon ginger flavor mm-hmm. and it's got uh yeah it's delicious actually or i think mm-hmm. it's and uh it's uh cbn uh is in it and each piece has got 20 milligrams of cbd and two milligrams of cbn in it yeah just quickly
0: uh, what is cbn i've seen that on a couple of packages i don't even know what that means
3: yeah, it's a minor cannabinoid. So everybody, so as people are learning more and more about about you know about uh, about the plant, and everyone is very not everyone, but people are most familiar with the two major cannabinoids, which right. are THC, which is a psychoactive, and, and CBD, um, which is which is the non you know the non psychoactive um, part of the plant. But then there's also uh, there's about 150 of these minor cannabinoids that are there, and CBN is one of them. And so the plant either produces it in very very small amounts, or it can end up being extracted from the major cannabinoids and you're just seeing that some of these minor cannabinoids are really, you know, has having different effects. So CBN being, the, you know, one of the ones that, that, we're doing a lot of focus on and consumers seem to really be enjoying it is really, um, it's a relaxer. It's uh, it has a bit of a sedative, uh, type effect. Uh, so again, it's not a, it's, you know, we can, we can't say, you know, it helps with sleep. You can't make a medical claim around it. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly, we're not doing that, but it's been reported to have a relaxing effect on folks without giving them the high.
0: Well, I can tell you, I. Um Ever since I discovered your product, which is again just a coincidence, before you came on the show, like I said to you, I sent the note to you after going, dude, I have been taking this for a month now. I, I know you don't make any claims, but I've said this on the show that I, I don't know if it's the anti inflammation part, but I take a gummy before bed, the C B D gummies. And now and I and I I've also seen some with C B N. That's why I asked you. No idea what that is. But I just find my sleep is better because of the you know if you have a little bit of minor pain whatever i don't think it puts me asleep but it just puts your body in a place where you can be available to sleep better i think
3: Uh, i could tell you i've been taking it and uh, that's having a very similar effect on me yeah um and so for me it, it works and um uh yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's working for you. And you know, we hear it's working for, for lots of people. So um, I, I really, really look forward to the day when, uh, you know, we, we fast forward, you know, a couple of years down the road and research has been done and the proper clinical studies are there you know, to back all of this up. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, again, we're seeing the benefits. So uh, for me, it works. I'm going I'm to stick with it.
1: Well, that's a great endorphin, both of you. It helps you sleep. And that's what we need.
0: Well, looking Hello, at yeah. the uh, the website here, DynaLeo d y n a l e o dot is where you go to get these. And uh, I'm going to look for the uh, the new Dyna Dream. It's got the CBN and the CBD in a delicious lemon ginger flavor. Um, the one the ones that I have upstairs, so those are little little round red gummies. Are they Palmer? What's the flavor? I is it Palmer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's pomegranate. Each one of those has ten milligrams of CBD. There's there's no THC. No, and, they're uh, great though. Yeah, and in Ontario, you get, them, you get them in those thirty packs, which you know, is a nice nice supply and and. Uh, yeah. Again, like same. We've had great reports around the product. It's really one of the most well. Popular and, and, ones and as sold I sold say, material.
0: congratulations to you because I tried to. I was going to give it to somebody as a gift, and I went to uh, <laughs> uh, my local retailer, and they were sold out of them. But they're back now because I just picked some up. Listen, man, I love having these conversations with you because I think you know more and more. It's not just for people uh, recreationally, but I just think more and more. As people age and don't want to be on a bunch of different medications that this CBD and THC are such great products for anti-anxiety and anti-a lot of stuff that, you know, pharmacies are getting rich off of that in the end are, you know, maybe more harmful to your ecosystem than uh, a nice CBD, CBD gummy would be.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, again, because you know, it's everyone's got to figure it out, you know, kind of for themselves. And I think we are just in the very, very early stages of understanding what this incredible plant, you know, can do in the different forms it can take and uh, the different mm-hmm. ways it can help people. So, we're excited for the future.
0: Okay, man. Well, so am I now. Michael Krestel, the executive chairman at DynaLeo. Uh, continue doing this great work, young man.
3: <laughs> thanks. We're going to try. And I, well, thanks for calling me. All young right, pal. Well, talk. listen, I'll call, that no. a win. I'll call that a win on a Monday.
0: It's total win. When you get to be <laughs> as old as the Fred man and I, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I start taking CBD gummies for breakfast.
3: <laughs>
0: all right, man. Take <laughs> care, Mike. Bye,
3: guys. Take, have a great day.
0: Boom, boom.
1: I, I thought I you were going to say the you the bought world. some for people for Christmas, but well, then you well. ate them all. I <laughs>
3: did.
0: <What? laughs>
1: Well, I was gonna I, I, I'm like that with booze. I buy people booze for Christmas, and I drink <clears throat> it all before I give it to them.
0: tell you, man, you should be taking that CBD. It's so good oh. for you. Yeah. so good for you. It really is. So good. Uh, let's see. You've, have you done everything you're supposed to do? No, I still have to talk about the shirt. Okay, well, just hold off on a second. I just want to make sure we uh, don't leave today without another GoDaddy. Want to make sure that you get your stuff done. Danderan is here. Ready to go ready, to go. ready to go. Hey Dan, are you okay if I uh, read a, uh, an email sent in your uh, direction? Sure. Should I be worried if you're asking permission though? Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> let's take care of it. Hey guys. Hi guys says uh jeff kilborn i just received my manscaped performance package because i guess he heard you talking about it dan heard us discussing it uh-huh hold on i'll get you the actual hi guys hi, hi guys says jeff hi. i received my manscaped performance package why which i of course purchased using the hf discount code um i should probably have that in front of me right Dan? Probably, but that's okay. HF Manscaped 20 is the promo code. Here's this question. He says, before I use it, I have a question for the resident Manscaped expert, Dan Durant. Oh, okay. Dan, he wants to know, does Dan like to chub up (laughs) before using it to get the skin nice and taut, or is he too worried about risking an eye injury? (laughs) (laughs) If he does this, <laughs> so that's a legitimate question, Dan. Yeah, I would recommend
5: that one. Uh, one does not do the chubbing part, because uh, you're you're impairing the view of other areas of the. Uh, well, okay, you would be
0: the manly parts. So, you, what do you just stretch and pull? You just pull it, just pull it to the side. Yeah, you, you get some bungee cord and lay it, just <laughs> <laughs> bungee it to a door frame so it's not in the way.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
5: that's pretty that and then yeah you do a lot of stretching too right. you know well but- you
0: stretch
1: it out and play it like a snare drum right right yep yeah mm-hmm.
0: right yeah <laughs> yeah that's what he does
1: anyway legitimate question dan
5: Legitimate question, I hope I answered that one. Yes, you did fine.
3: Now here's to a fella named Danderan, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. Huh. Danderan the anchor man comes and asks for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandurand the anchor here. He's grown to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care. And
5: his voice is nice and low. Mm-hmm.
0: My voice is nice and low. And now with the uh, humble and Fred news brought to you today by GoDaddy. We'll get to more about GoDaddy in a second, but first, Go Daniel with the news. Mm-hmm
5: so things going on right now, and it is Lunar New Year's Eve. The Lunar New Year is the most important annual holiday in China and falls on Tuesday, February 1st, tomorrow. So it's the year of the tiger. Out with the ox, in with the tiger, and there's lots of people eating uh, all kinds of great food tonight as well. Yeah. Okay, think about this. You need a transplant. You can't get one unless you get the COVID vaccine. You're an anti-vaxxer. What do you do? You
0: know, I read this story, yeah.
5: Guy's two in the, times yeah. in the past week. Two times. First, there's a guy in Boston, a 31-year-old guy, in dire need of a new heart. Hospital took him off the list because he said he, uh, I think he had one coming up. Got a new heart ready to go, but he wouldn't get the vaccine because it's against his basic principles and he doesn't believe in it. Then on the weekend over in North Carolina, a man who desperately needs a new kidney did the same thing. Yeah. I was born free. I will die free. Right, so you he's will. a double amputee, by the way. He's a what? He's a double amputee. So he's already missing a couple of body wait, parts. Wait,
0: wait, wait. He's... he's. <laughs> I didn't know that. So the guy's... Does he have arms and no legs? I don't know.
5: I didn't. It doesn't say whether which part...
0: Does he have an end. arm and a leg that were cut off?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's... Or maybe
0: no arms. Then he can't get the vax. There's nowhere to put it. Mm. That's true. <laughs> okay, so I didn't realize the guy was also uh, an amputee.
5: Yes, There's a North Carolina guy. The you Boston know, guy uh, seems just just hard. This guy yeah. needs a kidney.
0: Can you imagine it, though? Uh, like you're so you're so m- stuck in this paradigm of bizarre information. You're willing to die, and be- before you get a little jab in your arm because you're worried about the side effects. Right. <laughs> I know it,
1: it's just so unbelievably tedious at this point to hear, hear these people. It's You know, we we're talking to, to you know, earlier about the hospitals here in Ontario and everything and the numbers like 10% of the population are responsible for 80% of the ICUs, the unvaccinated. It's It's daily. Uh, <laughs> You know, and because those people are in the hospital, there's other people not being able to get surgeries, like cancer surgeries, getting screenings and all these things. So, again, that little segment is interrupting so much for the rest of us. And here's another example of
0: people just, where are your priorities? It's crazy. But in a weird way. Yeah. Do you not... (laughs) I wanted to ask this as a question, but I was going to tell you how I feel. I got to almost respect these two guys because I mean, in a weird way you do, because they I mean, there's nothing I believe strongly enough that if I needed a kidney, if I needed a kidney, I'd say, well, you'd sort of go along with anything. Vaccination. Great. Uh, You know, um, get, get rid of my Tiger Woods. Weedy box. Fine. Whatever, whatever you need from me.
1: But just think about that. So those guys were in line. So they actually found organs yes. for them. Yes. And even, getting that is amazing. You know how many people don't, you know are in line for an organ transplant and n- don't get the opportunity? Yeah. So am I clear? These guys actually rejected getting... Yes.
5: Yes. Like And, and the hospitals uh, said both independent of each other, said that the reason we want the vaccine is because organs are at such a premium, we want to make sure that it goes into somebody <laughs> that has a good chance of living after it. And of course, your immune
0: system is compromised after uh, it. So Of course really it is. Anti-rejection is a huge thing in the uh, transplant world, as you well know. It's just crazy. Oh. But, uh, but I, in, in a weird way, it's almost like, wow, man, you know, we all think we hold certain principles mm. you know, to be You know, unimpeachable, but there's two guys are like, okay, one guy is double amputees like, hey, what else can happen to me?
1: You know, so often I find myself thinking I'll just I'll be so glad when it's two years from now so we can be over this. But then I think shit, I'll almost be 68. No, I don't want two years to go by. (laughs)
0: Yeah, man. Well, you were we've been saying that for the last, you know, I don't know how long, you know, how long has it been? We've been going, well, you know, when this gets behind us. But that's why you've got a carpe the diem, my friends. Carpe de diem. Carpe diem. Carpe. No, uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, you know, so just take that story and put it on the pile yeah. of, of,
0: of stories that just leave you shaking your head. Yeah, the stories of the mm. anti-vax radio hosts that are dying because mm-hmm. they refuse to say they have COVID and then they put out these videos days before they die. It's... You know, again, it would be easy to make fun of them because they, the rest of us think it, most of us think it's so simple. But I think what you said today, and I want to remember it because I keep I keep forgetting things now. But when you said that, there are there, there's no freedoms being taken away from anyone. You you can do whatever you want if you yeah. want to. Just the same way you you can if you want to drive a car, you need a license. Yeah. But if you don't want to drive a car, that's fine. You have the right not to.
1: Yeah, nobody's make it. Nobody's freedom has been right has been trampled here. It's just it's it's your choice. What, what it, like you know when the when the when the country comes out and says everybody must be vaccinated no matter what the circumstance is. We've ha- we have your phone number, we have your uh, social insurance number. We're going to make sure you get the vaccine. Okay, talk to me about freedom. Cuz that's fine. It's like, hey, if you don't want to get the vaccine, great. <laughs>
3: How you
0: know, many times do we have to say I know, this? No, but it's Please. not like Justin Trudeau is driving around yeah. in the Vaxmobile coming to your own, yes. your home. Don't get it. That's fine. And, and 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 I'll repeat it. They're not it, rounding up what? people. In- What's no. that, Dan?
5: I was just saying, they're not rounding up people and putting oh, no. them in can. No, they're not. And forcing people to take the vaccine.
1: And again, these thunderheads on the weekend going, you know, I have to feed my family. Well, so you're deci- feeding your family Is less important than getting the vaccine or however you want to look at it because all you need to do is get the
0: vaccine and then you can go go off and feed your family. I wonder if there's like categories of anti vaxxers, like, you know, some that are sort of more moderate, like, you know, some that would hear the story of the double amputee who, you know, could have gotten a kidney but didn't. And do they think, like, okay, well, that guy's a fucking idiot? (laughs) Like, dude, like (laughs) if you're an anti vaxxer and you needed a kidney, would you be like, okay, if I need a kidney, I'll get a vaccine? I would do it then. You want a rating system. (laughs) That's right. Like, how far down the fucking rabbit hole have you gone? Um, But here's some... Mm -hmm. There is some good news, fellas. What's the good news? Well, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Dan. I know Fred has probably watched enough golf to know that for some reason, years ago, this started. Fans attending PGA Tour events. Years ago, they yelled... uh, A guy would hit a shot, and they would yell, You the man! Remember that, Fred? You to man. Yeah, I didn't find that as bad as in the hole. Wait, the hole. I'm, I'm getting there. Oh. Then it All changed right, to no. in the hole. Went to in the hole, right? For, for And and that's fine if you're on the green and someone's putting. But if you're on the tee no. and you yell in the hole, you're an idiot. I know. I know. Then it was uh, Baba Booey. Mm -hmm. Now, Baba Booey, Dan, as you know, is uh, Howard Stern's producer, Gary Dallabate, who for years has been known as Baba Booey. And it's pretty, you want to talk about a great radio thing for years. I mean, it's annoying as shit, but guys, literally, um, someone would hit a shot and you would hear yelling Baba Booey. And then it moved on to something else called mashed potato, which I have no idea why. (laughs) But this is the last five or six years. Guy will hit a shot in PGA Tour. Someone yells, mashed potato. But recently, I heard something that gave me hope for humanity. <laughs> this what? is true. Yesterday afternoon, I'm watching. Here's how much I love golf. I taped it from the day before because they ended on a Saturday because of the football. So I watched yesterday. And a guy hit a shot. And somebody in the crowd yelled, everybody love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought... That's a good one. Everybody love everybody. And I thought, you know, if, if, some, if, if that could take off, I'd be we down with that. The, that. the problem is
1: it's a bit wordy. It is.
0: But <laughs> it, it just made me laugh. I'm like, what? Everybody love everybody. This guy yells. And I'm like, good for you. Way to remind us. That's really why we're here.
1: What did I get that? And in the hole I get. And you, the man I get. What well, mashed
0: potatoes? What's that? What's where's that come from? Because I think as if they. Well, first of all, it's dumb. But I think it comes from or the genesis of it is if somebody mashes a drive, you know, like hits a really good drive. You you in golf, you might say, "Oh, that guy mashed it." So I guess that's where mashed potatoes come from oh, but cool. from now on instead of yelling four, if i'm playing golf and the and the, the ball is going off towards people i'm gonna yell everybody love everybody
1: everybody love loves somebody, somebody sometimes uh, and so and just for those that are thinking oh they're talking about golf and uh they didn't talk about the nfl playoffs or canada's right. soccer achievement we will quickly say that uh Two great football games again yesterday. Cincinnati and uh, the Rams will play in the Super Bowl. The Rams at home. Very nice story. Cincinnati, big surprise over Kansas City. So we're acknowledging that. And then this uh, at Tim Horton's Field in sub-zero temperatures, uh, Canada beats the USA 2 nothing to take top spot in the leaderboard for World Cup qualifying. We're all excited, although the game... It was coming and it went and i didn't even know i feel bad as a canadian no <laughs> but humble and Fred are acknowledging those events
0: um uh, first this is it's significant and it's funny i was talking to rachel's brother who is a big mm-hmm. football fan the football fan he lived in europe right. for a long time footy footy yeah footy, footy. footy. um he was asking me do i did i understand the significance of this world cup game and i said to him to be honest with you i did not and he said well I'm not sure if you just mentioned it. It's the first time that Canada would have a chance to qualify yeah.
3: uh, since
0: 1986. But I did impress him with this. I said, 1986, that would have been uh, Bobby Leonard Doozy's team. And he's like, wow, how did you pull that out? Because Bobby Leonard Doozy was a big name in Vancouver as a soccer player for the Vancouver Whitecaps. And then he went on, I think, to either coach that team or play on that team but does that name do you remember that name oh bob leonarduzzi yes yeah man
1: that, that, that was during the brian budd era too wasn't it
0: i think so yeah, yeah.
1: who who was a, a world superstar and then died early brian budd remember he won the superstars the very first superstars competition wow he had played he played at the time it was called the north american soccer league mm-hmm. yeah, saw, In my yeah, memories, I, yeah yes um my memories of that howard um Remember the New York Cosmos? Uh-huh. They took New York by. It was quite the era. And And here in Toronto, we had a team called the Toronto Blizzard. And a man named Clive Toy ran that franchise. And I used to love going to their. They had the best news conferences. Back in the old style news conferences, where they'd say at 11 o'clock, we're making an announcement, you'd walk in, free booze, a big buffet. <laughs> that, that's the way news conferences used to be held. It yeah. was crazy. You I used to, to, have to love sandwiches? Them. Yeah, when I was a young guy, it was, oh, God, going to our article press conference today, I'm going to get half cut and have lunch. Fantastic. I mean, that doesn't happen anymore. But the Toronto Blizzard used to have these wonderful spreads. Mm, at their, yes. Because they, you know, they were fringe in Toronto and they wanted to track the media. <laughs> they
0: did a good job. Mm-hmm. Dan Duran? Um, so
5: I did want to ask Fred, though, uh, that coming up on February 13th with the Super Bowl, I always generally connect with him just because there's always a, a Super Bowl pool kicking around somewhere. Sure there I is, of, yes. So is there, what? Is, what is your thoughts of, of which team is going to win the big game?
1: Well, Dan, that's a great question. Um, Cincinnati being Kansas City yesterday blew me away, and I couldn't help but think of our Buffalo Bills because Cincinnati, you know, a funny little team came from nowhere this year and now they could win the Super Bowl, I think they could beat the Rams. Not sure. Rams will probably be favored. But I keep thinking, boy, if Buffalo had got back Kansas City last week, they probably would have been... Uh, anyway. Um, I, you know what? To me, i got to take a closer look at it. Uh, on the surface, I would say Rams, but this Cincinnati team, they're beating everybody. So... I think it's going to be another great game. The NFL has been blessed with wonderful, wonderful
0: games so far this year. And Again, yesterday's game also, yesterday. uh, yeah. much like the game of the week before, yeah, went into overtime. But mm-hmm. unlike the week before, both teams got a chance. Did they not?
1: Yes. It, it was decided on a field goal. Right. If it's decided on a field goal, you know there was a reply. Yes. Not like the touchdown rule, which is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Are you aware of this movie about a famous Los Angeles Ram, Kurt Warner?
1: Yes, I've heard about that. He was a St. Louis Ram. When was they were he, in St.
0: Oh, Louis. was that St. Louis at the time? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Well, it's an interesting story. I'm aware of him. He was a, uh, I think he was the backup quarterback. Then he became the starter or something.
1: Yeah, he was with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for a while. Was he really? Yeah.
0: Well, the movie of his life is coming out. I didn't realize, you know, of course, americans the comeback of the, you know, the, the man with heart. But it does. I mean, I love those kind of movies. I'm a sucker for them. So I'm going to whenever it comes out. Um, two things. Yes.
1: I wonder in that movie whether they will mention the CFL aspect. It was brief. I don't even know if he played or he, he was. he went to training camp and then left. But there is a CFL connection there. And
0: apparently, Howard. He's an immense Bible thumper. Oh, is he? Yeah, huge. <laughs> well, I don't know. The guy we had on this morning uh, must have said uh, "God rest his soul" a bunch of times. I at some point was going to go. Really? Do you? You think God's in, in concerned about that right now? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm concerned about. Number one concern. About? Pardon me, Dan. What are you concerned about? <laughs> concerned? Really? Are you concerned? Well, yes, Dan. Are I'm you? Are you transitioning about. into something? Pardon me, sir. Are you transitioning? Wayne. Yes, I'm concerned about people <laughs> and their access to, you know, creating their own websites. Dan, you know, I don't know oh, if people, dear, yeah. I don't know if people know what they're doing, Dan. It, it bothers me. Yeah, where, where, where should I go? Well, that's a very good question. I think you should go to GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs much like yourself for over 25 years, and servicing over 20 million customers much like you have Dan. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now to get your ideas on the webs. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring things to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24 seven phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. Do you feel you understood now, Dan? You should. I feel great. You can now even that st- that I have that information and and. <laughs> I can go and uh, you know, look around. You can, can even shop shop start your website for free price. with with GoDaddy. You, if you're like Dan Duran, you need this help. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Fred?
1: Yes, the retirement Sherpa. Uh, our friend Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. I heard from Tim over the weekend. He responded to the uh, iguanas falling out of the trees, frozen in and around the Tampa area. He sent sent me a little article. It was quite clever. But, you know, he's a clever man. Is he Mm. not? Yes. Look what he's done. For so many Humble and Fred listeners, taking control of their finances and the results have been fantastic. If you have an existing portfolio and you want Tim to have a second look, his opinion, no strings attached. He can do that. If you want to start from scratch, also, he demand. <laughs> He's the retirement Sherpa. Tim Niblett, retirement Sherpa dot uh,
0: C-A. Dan Duran, uh, for years you were a uh, television weatherman. And And... Yes. Uh, I I saw this other television weatherman whose name I can't. Farrell, you know this guy, Farrell, What's the guy that you you know? Who he was at Global. He was the guy you wanted to. Oh, rep-
5: uh, uh, you wanted to replace him?
0: No, because he was the he was the he's the Global
5: he's the top he's guy, the man. Global top meteorologist. He's actually a trained meteorologist. That yeah,
3: guy. well, whatever oh, he's Anthony, saying. Anthony
5: Fernell is that's it. About.
3: Show up. Yeah, yeah, what a show up. Exactly.
0: Anyway, so apparently there's a big system coming in. We've had an we've had a two and a half week stretch here. By the way, I know you know this, but I just remind you without any temperatures above zero. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to get above zero, I think, tomorrow for the first time, as a sort of precursor to two days of just nonsense, and then just back into you know cold f- fucking temperatures again yeah but tomorrow's gonna be three degrees and sunny and then snow on wednesday and thursday so right. does that excite you as a, f- a former weatherman
5: it excites me when it gets warm well drastic temperature changes always interest me and mm-hmm. that, that, and it's also interesting that that storm we're kind of not really getting a huge piece of that uh that thing that that put everybody in the in the It moved out the East Coast towards the Atlantic. We're not getting that storm.
0: We're getting a different storm.
5: Well, this uh, this is a different situation, I think, unless I'm reading it wrong. But that's Yeah, that one's over. That one's over. This is a new one brewing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always fascinating to see that happen. Yeah. When the temperature does that big swing, just like when we were in Calgary. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was always fascinated by the Chinook. Yeah, the Chinooks yeah. coming in across the mountains, and we're we, you know
1: blast twenty degrees, twenty thirty degrees difference in just a couple of hours. I was going to start driving south on Thursday. It looks like I'm going to be delayed because I'm not driving in
0: that shit. <laughs> Freddie's too scared. While Rachel was worried, are we you know? like I said, "Oh, with, uh, are we going to be able to leave on Friday?" I said, "Yeah, Friday night by nine o'clock. I'm sure mm-hmm. things will get back to normal. But Wednesday and Thursday are going to definitely be something around here." Yeah, why couldn't it have been next week when we're already in
1: our warm destinations? I don't know, man. You know, why they, do we have to endure that before we leave? You know,
0: really, we're <laughs> cursed. Is right. We're cursed. <laughs> we really are. Why us, Howard? Why? You know, I have this theory about our show. We are the Toronto Maple Leafs of radio. Yeah. We I bet are. you if Jesse and Gene made the same plans, exactly. the storm
1: would come a week
0: later. That's right.
1: Yeah. hmm <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Dan, by the way, you got to work on your... Your self-promotion here. I'm Today, I'm online looking at these news stories. This, there's a guy in Quebec City that's getting all sorts of attention for making ice and sco- uh, snow sculptures on his front lawn. Oh. He gets all the attention. And look at the work that you're doing up on Shamong Lake. The wonderful work you're doing. And honestly, the only people that know about it is your close group of friends. It's not fair, Dan. I will get more. more. Uh, I'll get on it. Yeah, had a,
5: had a beautiful uh, little birthday experience out there on the weekend for my friend Lisa.
2: She
5: oh, had a couple of friends o- over outside. Uh, yes. we were all hanging out in the the uh, snow bar that I made, and the uh, little mountain of snow uh, still needs to be carved out. And then we had, a, had the a fire pit on the lake with uh, some lawn chairs and had a fire in the lake
1: too. Well. And there was no uh, media coverage of that?
5: No, no. (laughs) Ridiculous. But Winterfest is coming up. What about Kawartha Now? They would have
1: come out for something. (laughs) I was was looking for
5: news. I'll send it off to Kawartha Now.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that Kawartha Now wasn't all over that. I I just think think that's so sweet that you put that together for your lady friend, Lisa, Mm -hmm. and then friends came over, and they must have been impressed with your handiwork. Fantastic.
3: It was all
1: quite fun, yeah. Oh, Lisa's uh, new boyfriend Dan. We met him.
0: Oh man, he can make a snowman. It's oh, that's
3: right. <laughs>
0: it's amazing, and I'm sure. I'm sure the lady, the ladies were talking. Well, how does he make? How does he dig these holes in the ice? And Lisa's like, you don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's his love
4: auger. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: It's his love auger. I know what an auger is.
5: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, changing subjects a little bit. You asked earlier (laughs) on the show about uh, WKRP star Howard Howard Hessman. Yes. Mm -hmm. He he died on the weekend. He was 81. Complications from colon surgery that he had last summer. Uh, He had two Emmy nominations for playing Dr. Johnny Fever. Uh, Almost universally, anybody that's in radio loved this show. Yep. I have a clip that I thought you just a couple of minutes. And if you've ever been in radio and worked at a small time radio station, this is so encapsulating of that. So <laughs> the scene starts out with uh, Howard Hesman because he's, you know, always out of it, sleeping on the uh, at the control room with the turntable. And he reaches over and grabs uh, grabs the tone arm off the uh, off the turntable. <laughs>
3: Okay, that was. Felix Mandel's Orchestra with their beautiful version of the all time favorite, How Can I Miss You If You Won't Go Away? I'm sure, all you doughboys out there remember that one. And for some reason, we'll be right back with more of your favorite recorded melodies after this. Very important word from Shady Hills, Cincinnati's <laughs> finest rest home. Many people ask this age-old question.
5: So that's that's just. So what's so cool about that for us? That I don't know. Maybe Fred, you never worked in, a, in that style of radio station. I think your first radio station was kind of like that, where you played. We were all young guys. And we played music we hated because we were all into pop music and whatever's, mm-hmm. you know, I- interesting at that time. And we were playing old people music like yeah. Lawrence Welk or whatever, right? So there's that. And then just uh, the, the sponsors. <laughs> I mean, I right. remember reading funeral announcements when we oh, were yeah. in a couple of different radio stations about who died. and <laughs> who no, survived. I know aunts and uncles. It was such a great series for people in radio, and it had so many iconic things that, that referenced what we all did in radio in those
0: days. No, I love when he says, uh, "We'll be back for some
1: reason." With uh, <laughs> and that poor bastard spent his last couple of years shitting in a bag.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. what he did.
1: Well, he did. That's the well, takeaway. You don't yeah. know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's your takeaway. You don't know that. You don't know if he's shitting a bag. Oh, complications from coal. Well, oh, you don't know. Um, you know, my name is Howard. Glassman. I'm not sure if you two are aware of that. And many times in my now 45-year career, people have called me Howard Hessman on several oh. occasions. And I'm like, no, that's the guy from WKRP. <laughs> but, I,
1: but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I also plan to be shitting in a bag, not for any medical reasons, just because it's, no, it's convenient. convenient. <laughs> Just for the
1: fun You want me to leave the sixth hole On my
0: third shot Fuck it, I'm shitting in a bag shitting in a bag (laughs) Hessman and Fred, talk to Johnny Alright, well listen, we've had enough show There's been a lot of show, Dan Duran It's a good show Just do your thing, bro Do your thing
5: this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig
0: Sky, the No Manscaped sure, but... on this one. Sorry. Just do your what? generic one, if you can. A generic one? Just do a thing. Sorry. All right. I'll sure. say Manscaped. I don't know. Well, I, I'll just
5: read whatever's in uh... Yeah, read it. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the retirement shirt for the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I endorse this broadcast. The jigsaw
1: jazz the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, microphone. Bottles and cans just clap your hands or just clap your
4: hands. Where is that?